Welcome to Arcadia. I mean, welcome to Podcast 1999, the podcast about Space 1999. I'm your host, Mark Malik. I'm Matt Comages, going full names today. Full so names. We'll, we'll continue going uh, full names, I guess, where we got we got the man who we send the links to. He get uh, Brian Clayton told him we're we're not inviting him as a guest anymore. He just we send him the links and he. he I'm goes, I'm just here. He's just here. I'm part Brian of Clayton is here. He's yep. here. To finish the trivia that Mark misses. <laughs> <laughs> indeed and coming on you coming back from the mission log podcast is john champion back on the moon base howdy yeah glad to be here I, i'm so glad that i get to be here on the show where brian becomes like a permanent alphan he becomes a a permanent member of the crew that's exciting <laughs> you for letting me be here i you earned i earned this place. stripe see this stripe did. This <laughs> yeah <gas>. not not <laughs> fooling around here yeah now, do you have a season two uniform as well? No, I just, no. Okay, shirts were Jerry Anderson's store was selling these shirts a year or two ago. I don't know if they still have them, but yeah, I so, grabbed some. I think Norman grabs some too. I mean, yeah. a lot of people grab some. Yeah, you've appeared but, with a few different colors. I've I've noted. <laughs> so, so yeah, Brian, I don't I'm, have a white one or a brown one, but I do have the uh, security purple, which I. I think that I wore that to STLV. <laughs> yeah, purple's nice. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Colors of kings, yes. Um, but yeah, the Testament of Arcadia. I, Mark, I assume this is your Bible. This Testament. Yes, of course. I am. Um, I believe in terrorist Adam and Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, do Do you believe in telling us trivia? I do. Uh, this is the final episode that commenced production in season one, but not the last one finished as per previous trivia. There were still scenes filmed after this for The Last Enemy and Space Brain, those scenes being the violent ones and the foamy ones. Uh, this episode was intended for release as the season finale, but since ITC had decided that The Last Enemy would be the finale because it was called The Last Enemy, this one was aired next to last. Uh, we have David Tomlin back directing. You last saw his work in The Infernal Machine, and this is his final contribution to Space 1999. Johnny Byrne gets the main writing credit, although he co-wrote this with the Andersons. You last saw his work on Mission of the Darians, and you get three from him next season, including the season opener, The Metamorph. Uh, the plot was initially conceived during a conversation between Byrne and Tomlin. They decided to tap into the 70s zeitgeist of the idea that humans originated from outer space. Uh, the budget was dwindling at this point, so the episode reuses an effects shot from another time, another place, and doesn't have very many effects shots of its own. So it's notable that this is the last time in the series that we'll see two eagles docking in space. Uh, Sylvia Anderson recounted in a commentary, we were trying to be kind of grown up. We were really just getting into our stride in this episode, episode 24. It's probably a little slower than some of the other episodes, but quite profound. Uh, and as has come up in past trivia, Sylvia will no longer be involved with the show after the season. And with this episode, we also say goodbye to regular cast members, Barry Morris as Victor Bergman, Prentice Hancock as Paul Morrow, Clifton Jones as David Cano, and Anton Phillips as Dr. Matthias. 
how or if they're written off the show we'll get into with the second season opener. Uh, one point of trivia that I missed previously is that Robert Rieti has been dubbing dialogue for several characters this season. Basically, a lot of the Italian leads. Uh, here he dubs Orso Maria Garini. He dubbed Gianni Garco for Dragon's Domain and Giancarlo Preti on The Troubled Spirit. All roles were uncredited, but he'll be back to voice a sphere in season two. Uh, Rieti was born in 1923 and was discovered at age eight by his father, Vittorio, who is a veteran actor. It's not as bad as it sounds. He discovered that Roberto, sorry, Robert, had memorized an entire script while helping Vittorio rehearse lines for a play. Uh, he had a lot of roles all over TV and film. Interestingly, many times as an uncredited voiceover in films such as Dr. No, Lawrence of Arabia, and two episodes of The Prisoner, both as number two voiceovers. Uh, we have another Omen connection as he appeared in the film as a monk. Uh, he continued to act into the 2000s and passed away in 2015 at the age of 92. The aforementioned Orso Maria Guarini stars in this episode as Luke Farrow. Born in Florence, Tuscany, Italy in 1942, he has a wide range of roles in mostly Italian productions, but has even crossed over into a mainstream American cinema in The Born Identity and Double Team with Dennis Rodman. Uh, he seems to still be busy acting as of 2023 with his most recent credits being $1 trillion and Holy Shoes. Uh, as Anna Davis, we have Lisa Harrow guest starring. Born in Auckland, New Zealand in 1943, she got a scholarship to study acting abroad at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art in London, and then, which then uh, transitioned into a membership of the Royal Shakespeare Company in which she acted opposite Judy Dench in her first year. She's had many mostly TV credits in between the stage roles. Along the way, she had a brief marriage and a child with Sam Neill and has since married renowned whale biologist Roger Payne and herself authored an environmental handbook called What Can I Do? She's still acting as of 2023, and you can catch her in such works as Snooze Time, It Shouldn't Happen to a Vet, and The Devil is a Woman. Uh, the music accompanying the uh, narrations is Sweet, Appassionata by Paul Bono and Serge Lanson. Uh, the track that plays during Luke and Anna's commune with the dead Arcadians is Picture of Autumn by Jack Arell and Pierre Dutour. That was the music that sounded kind of like the music musical hair. That's what I kept thinking of when I saw it. Anyway, that's trivia. That's your trivia. Did Brian, um, you got anything else? No, it, I'm actually educated by your trivia because I don't know anything about these actors. I'm kind of glad that uh, I wish they'd both turned up in this movie one trillion dollars, like a re reunion <laughs> episode or something that would have been amusing. <laughs> I just like the title one trillion dollars and I want to see it. That's a real yeah. Dr. Evil movie. Yeah. <laughs> one trillion. But it's, it's glad to hear some guest stars actually are still alive <laughs> 50 <laughs> years later. Yeah, it's kind of rare. I mean, it. I don't know this. The show has a, a lot. There are a lot of uh, guest stars who died in between like 2020 and 2022. Yeah. For, and then there's now. all the people that work with Joan Collins uh, a few weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> no, no, nothing against uh, Joan. They just all had their untimely demises for some reason. It was it was my gag, not Matt's. Yes, it was. I'm just reiterating Mark's gag. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't mention summary. Did you summary for us? Or you yeah, I summary did. Later? He's summarying now. Let's do it's it right now. Alpha is passing close to a planet called Arcadia when it suddenly comes to a complete stop and their power has started to drain. The Alphans touch down on the planet to look for clues and find that the planet is barren due to some kind of holocaust. They find husks of trees that are varieties that would be on Earth and, oh yeah, a cave full of human skeletons. 
On the cave wall, there's an ancient language that's related to Sanskrit, and crew member Anna is able to mostly translate the text. It turns out that the Arcadians took responsibility for the end of their civilization and were taking the seeds of life to begin again somewhere in space. While Koenig decides that Operation Exodus is a go again, Luke and Anna have uh, what seems to be a vision of the Arcadians alive again and are transformed by the experience. Later, back on Alpha, Paul's reported that the power drain has stopped at 50%, and he has determined that they'll have a better chance on Alpha at 50% power than on Arcadia. So Operation Exodus is canceled again. Luke and Anna ask Koenig if they can have some supplies because they want to live on Arcadia. Koenig says it's out of the question, but soon Luke and Anna are taking Helena hostage in an attempt to force Koenig to let them make off with three years of supplies. Koenig agrees to their terms, even though it will doom them all, and Alan goes to make the exchange. Koenig re reveals that he's traced Luganana's eagle and is about to send several armed eagles to retrieve the supplies when the moon inexplicably starts moving again. Koenig radios Alan to hurry and make it to the moon before it leaves the area, and he and Helena make it back safely. Koenig decides they don't need the supplies with Alpha at full power. Luke and Anna happily watch the moon begin moving again, and they set out their new purpose to become the new Arcadian Adam and Eve. The end. All right. Uh, Mark, I just want you to know that while you were doing that, I searched for Picture of Autumn by uh, Pierre Detour and Jack Carell. Uh -huh. I found it so I could play it very lightly in the background while you were reading your recap. Um, oh, nice. That's the good news. Now, the bad news is that cool, like, choral uh, disco porno part that they play in the scene is not until yeah. the last minute. I, so I had to, <laughs> I kept like flipping through. I had to zoom up to about four minutes out of that five minute track to hit the sweet spot on that. So anybody who's All looking right. for it, you can find it. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. So um, this is no comment on the quality of the episode, but I think for me in perpetuity, this is going to be like, oh, that's the one with bad Freddie Mercury, right? <laughs> Freddie Mercurio. Yeah, yeah. He, he's Fre Frederico Mercury. Yes. Yeah, Frederico sure, Mercury. sure. Mercurio, yeah. yeah. That. I wonder if it's the same thing with Freddie Mercury where like, that actor maybe like had like an extra tooth or something because he just had that. I mean, that's just the thing, right? He just had that look like of having a really and big that mouth 70s stash, and man. that seventy oh. stash. Yeah. yeah, just like I, I was thinking about Queen through most of this episode. I I like that you you know, sort of immediately play with the idea of look. I mean, whenever you introduce uh, guest stars who have prominent roles you know that they will probably be dead or abandoned by the end of the episode. That's just how it has to work out, right? Um, and I, I like how they kind of played with the idea of, you know, are, are they good? Are they bad? Are they misguided? What's going on here? But as soon as he got out that camera and got it right in her face, I thought this guy is a creep and he needs <laughs> to be away from Alpha and at least away from her. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny. Yeah, it didn't play no very well in today's world. Yeah. No, no. That's like no somebody taking their cell phone up to you and just going, hi. <laughs> right. Hi. 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 Exactly. Like no sci-fi ever dared to imagine small cameras. <laughs> right. They just got bigger and bigger. Well, Comlocks, they had small screens, so they must have had small cameras too, somewhere. It's true. Behind the screen. Yeah. <laughs> in typical sci-fi fashion, there's somehow magically a camera behind the screen so they yes. can look straight into it. Exactly. I, I don't know about, well, this is my first time watching this episode. I definitely thought that the end of the episode was going to be that they went back to the cave and then turned into skeletons. 
or something oh. like that. I thought they were good. Hmm. I thought it was the tra- like a trap planet, you know, one of those. Yeah. We, like we've seen, you know, we've seen this in a lot of sci-fi where it's the planet. I mean, you could, yeah. you could say like season two of this is following the wrong storyline. You know, if this is, if they actually are successful, because they're still on the planet at the end, things aren't looking good. But what if they successfully, you know, terrorist Adam and Eve it and, and that actually becomes a new humanity while Moonbase kind of just sputters off into the uh, interstellar ether, you know? I mean, we all know that it's 50-50 chance that within six months they're screaming at each other that the seeds aren't working <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's... Um, and Anna's five months farmers. pregnant, yeah. yeah. They, got a, they got a black thumb. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't see working? things going well for them at all. Yeah. <laughs> we should have stayed on Alpha! Ah! <laughs> like that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I've, I'm conflicted. I did really like this episode. I, I love like a sort of a step back in a slow, like thought about stuff. And I, I do, regardless of whether I thought they were going to turn into skeletons or not, I liked that the ending was sort of optimistic, but man, the fact that they were able to take one hostage in a base full of 300 people and get everything they want, even though that was going to doom everyone. Was... Okay, hey, hang on. I, I comments about that, uh, but I want to go back because mm-hmm. I got a comment about the first thing you said, and that is that I think the optimistic ending here is that uh, these two are no longer on Alpha. So I think it is a much more optimistic ending <laughs> for uh, John Koenig and everybody else. Um, and, and yeah, I look go back in a few months. They're skeletons, no question about it. Um, yep. I kept waiting for the moment that somebody. Uh, either was going to like hop out of a cargo container or somebody's waiting in that eagle with a stun gun like this would have been so easy to take care of before they even launched and the fact that they didn't do that i I was surprised that they actually got helena russell that far into alpha and actually to an eagle and then actually took off and i just sat there wondering like how far is this actually going to go? Like, at what point will will there be a trick played? Because they could have taken care of this, but no, no trick played. They just have this incredibly long docking bridge that apparently is like being towed on the other side of that survey eagle <laughs> to slip through. And it has its own lighting system, which is really cool. <laughs> so that was an impressive bit of tech. Uh, and then actually let them go down to the planet. I kept waiting <laughs> for the good guys to get the upper hand here somehow, and they they botched it. Yeah, they this got very could have lucky. Been, th- this <laughs> would have been much more satisfying if it was just like they slip away, and then right. something happens. Because the thing is, it's never really explained. Uh, they're like, well, you don't understand. We have to do this, but it's like we don't. We don't really know why they're doing it. It's just that they're screwing over 300 people. And and, uh, and they're sloppy criminals. They're yeah. really sloppy. Like that whole bit about pulling the gun in main mission. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, like, I mean, no. we've seen Kona get the best of like immortal beings. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> like uh, it's 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 a weird sort of uh, subversion of. <laughs> but uh well, yeah, I, wrote, no. I wrote down um, quotes as he tells everyone his plan, right? Oh, good. Uh, which are, yeah. I kill you, I kill everybody here, 
And then a minute later, I kill her. And that, that's when I write the note. I'm not sure that's his real voice. <laughs> I didn't know. I never knew this was this ADR until I saw the trivia. I had no idea. It was just oh, I was having some Italian guy, Mr. Herman moments, yeah. you know, <laughs> when I was watching it last night, it, it finally dawned on me that this guy's ADR to death. <laughs> he's walking away from the camera out into the middle of the studio and you still hear him like he's right here. In front of you. <laughs> so who's in really... charge of security? There's not security, you know, officer i mean was tuvok in charge of security right, right because nothing happened the same thing. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean mark like Rigo, um, i also wrote down I, I think this episode has like the koenig credo in its purest form did, did you get mm -hmm. that quote uh you must do what i say just do what i say it's not oh, even just do what I we say? don't put the you on we're making oh, yeah. a much more direct command in that case that, that felt I... a little out of character. Yeah. Uh, by Is the that... way, going back to the whole thing about the um, the security guards not being in main mission, but you have two security guards in front of the protein storage area who are just like kind of wandering, like shuffling around aimlessly. Is that their whole job out of the 300 people on Alpha who all rely on each other to survive anyway? Do you dedicate two people all the time to just wandering in front of that one door like there's there's no automated and security there there's like, no we're just going a pretty keep... cool door and they still that was a very complex failed. door yeah and yeah. they failed yeah they completely failed even though that was their only yeah. job With one job <laughs> also uh, it was weird to me that dr matthias was yelling at paul that his patients were going to die like how many near-death patients are in medical an alpha at any given time? every week there's got to be at least one person in every... ICU yeah. all the time yeah yeah <laughs> There's he a requirement. His, did did anyone catch him? He what the hell's going on here? It was a very um Dean Lerner moment from Garth Marenghi. He was giving like <laughs> full Dean Lerner um delivery on that line, which I, I just love that. Like I really nice. the more we watch the show, more like this one really did sleep uh slip in slip in a lot to Garth Marenghi, despite the setting oh. being very different. <laughs> There's no question that I mean, I don't know if this I mean. There may be a million things that inspired Garth Marenghi, but I'm sure this is one of them. Yeah. It's just as just in terms of plots and weird deliveries like that is a very seems to be like kind of a straight line to that show. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I'm uh, I'm glad you mentioned it in your uh trivia. Well, I, I think you mentioned the the trivia or the the description. I know that it came up already that, that this was like heavily into uh, like a 70s kind of sci-fi we mentioned the heavily 70s uh sci-fi aesthetics from earlier episodes but in terms of theme the fact that we're doing this kind of like chariot of the gods uh, you, you know adam and eve of course he, even right. twilight zone did adam and eve type stories way back when um but it, it had to come full circle here where the Arcadians settled Earth, now Earthlings resettling Arcadia to bring it back to life, but they're not going to die. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it, it like it was shocking to me that Space 1999 hadn't already done this story or they weren't going to just do it again week after week because it was such a popular trope at the time. Well, it, at least it served a purpose in that we sort of have a reason why the moon has been going in this direction mm -hmm. and constantly running into earth stuff it just right. must be some kind of thing where arcadians left a failsafe on the moon that if the moon ever blew up then it would head straight to arcadia 
<laughs> or something. Well, you well know, yeah, that's a, the it just account for all possibilities. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's the thing about this episode. It feels like a culmination of all these weird things where we've had multiple episodes where there's this illusion that Alpha has a destiny. It's there was a reason for it getting blown out of the Earth's orbit, and you know, Johnny Burns had to ask it. Okay, well, this is going to be the reason. And all those things happened to get them to this point. And then what? <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like, I don't think they thought Season two, that. that's what. Season <laughs> two, yeah, exactly. But as you pointed out, the zeitgeist, yeah. uh, of course, three years later, we have Battlestar Galactica. Same basic yeah. idea. Humans yeah. came from somewhere. Life here began out began there. Began out there. Far across well. the universe. Exact <laughs> same idea. And then the reboot of Galactica, I think, has more in common with this in that yeah, I was gonna say, I maybe, think maybe they, we uh, should just quickly put a spoiler um, alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. In case you haven't watched this twenty-year-old <laughs> remake of a forty-year-old show. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ronald Ronald Moore has said cited this episode as an influence on his uh, reboot. So yeah, you're spot on with that. Oh, that season um, four episode where they land on Earth and it's a new. I haven't watched out. it yet, even though I oh, know. Sorry, well, you got I know everything about it, but I haven't wa- really watched it yet. Uh, I have a lot to watch, Matt. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't anyway, know I Mark, I know you don't care that much about being spoiled in this regard, but yeah, they when they find Earth, it's not our I mean, Earth; it's the old Earth that's burnt out. It's Arcadia, basically. Like, I mean, I mean, you told me about Picard's. Mm-hmm. You told me about Picard's body. That wasn't really, I don't think that was a major spoiler, but you know. Ooh, I told you about Picard's body. You told me about Picard's <laughs> body. Okay. Man, if only Ronald D. Moore's Galactica had landed at Earth in 1980. <laughs> and if only yeah. they had been able to reboot that. That's wow. what I wanted to see. Yeah. <laughs> see, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, just, um, go back into the, do, do like a whole just meta series. You go back in the first series. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> exactly. I was like, fool, yeah. Now we got bikes and we got Wolfman Jack. <laughs> yes. the, the only episode Galactica 80 I ever saw was the one that people said you should watch, <laughs> which, <laughs> which has nothing to do with the rest of the show. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Return of Starbuck, right? That's the yes. one you watched. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, All right. Something well, that was a little more recent to this, though, that came to mind, uh, not having to do with that particular concept, but uh, Silent Running was 72, mm, where Bruce mm-hmm, Dern is the mm-hmm. protagonist of uh, yeah. of the movie. I mean, the weird protagonist. He's not likable, but he, you know what? He kills his crew and runs off with the last of Earth's nature to yeah, try and preserve that. So it's kind yeah. of a, you know, like another fanatic thing. But in that case, that's the protagonist of the, the movie, whereas... You know, we keep saying terrorist Adam and Eve because they're the antagonist of this episode. So yeah, and that movie was kind of uh, <laughs> retroactively grafted onto Strange New Worlds yeah. with the uh, the right. whole domes and space thing. Not a long mm-hmm. argument with Dom about that. It's like it's a tribute. No, it's canon. No, it's a tribute. No, it's canon. <laughs> <laughs> I came to a compromise. It's like if you uh, spoilers for Picard season two. Yeah, saw it. <laughs> if you. If you consider there's a bad timeline and a good timeline, mm. silent running happened in the bad timeline. There you <laughs> go. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. You can nice. make it kind of work. But yeah. Okay, but does it, it does this mean that there is a Huey, Dewey, and Louie in the good timeline? Oh. In that video game. What yeah. video game do they show what? up in? When, when we talked about what? the sci fi sanctuary, uh, Kingdom Coco. Hearts? It wasn't maybe it, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. No, I don't know. um, yeah, 
I'm the wrong person to say, but yeah, that those images have, have been uh, put into things. Nice. Sort of They're kind of like the original floaty robot buddies, only they waddled instead of they floated. are right. <laughs> right. They're, they're, they're waddling robot buddies. Yep. Well, yeah, I, I found it really frustrating that it felt like these were basically not just terrorists, but they didn't really have much of an argument. They were just a lot doing a lot of you don't understand. Yeah, they, they just have had a really to. strong feeling. Yeah, and just yeah. And that actually that brings me back to a thing. So because I, I had to replay the um their their psychic communication with the Arcadian scene a couple of times, a because I wanted to hear the music again and B because I'm just trying to figure out like, what am I missing here? And they, they kind of like yeah. nod and smile, you know, but <laughs> the important thing is that uh, Koenig's narration plays over that. And he talks about it and then they went into the cave and had this profound experience. Like, how would you know that? <laughs> All you know is that they came back and became space terrorists and threatened yeah. you because they believe very strongly that they needed to go back to Arcadia and condemn the rest of you to death. But his narration is <laughs> yeah. much more forgiving uh, because he's like, yeah, they, they they were transformed forever. I thought that that doesn't fit with what you know in, in this in, situation. It's also third person omniscient narrator. Yeah, suddenly. yeah. <laughs> exactly. You guys you guys think Koenig was just trying to cope with the fact that he lost three years of supplies? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And then we lost well, whatever was... we lost to um, the infernal machine as well. Yeah. So they yeah. That was the whole thing with that. Uh, at this point. Was it that? Yeah. There was the whole thing was the infernal machine wanted a bunch of supplies and Koenig just smashed a bunch of them just to spite the machine. And it wasn't really, I don't know. What, was was there a drink on his desk while he was sitting there writing that journal entry, that whole episode? He's sitting in the dark in his office, in the dark, oh, so he's trying to write yeah. in the dark. He's yeah, writing his yeah. Was there a drink sitting there? Maybe that explains it, all of this. It looked, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> it looked like it. He still had some of that. As I settle in with my brandy, yeah, some of that hooch that uh, Dr. Bergman brought him, of course, you know. Yeah, so, um, oh yeah, that speaking still there. moon wine, <laughs> whatever that speaking is. Speaking of uh, writing in the journal, though, uh, there is first of all, there's a lot of paper on Alpha, but there is an awful lot of paper in this episode. And not only does Koenig have his journal, but like obviously, computer spits out a piece of paper every now and then. Cut to the eagle, Doctor Bergman writing not just writing on paper that's like two torn pieces of paper coming out of his notepad and he's just still writing away furiously but and i kept thinking for all the storage problems on alpha and needing to have things like emergency rations and stuff like that there has got to be a whole other storehouse with all the paper pencils pens all the supplies that they need to keep alpha in paper whereas now we know you just do everything on your digital device and don't have to worry about that doesn't take up room well yeah. unless you're on voyager you know, they, multiple pads lying they have multiple pads <laughs> yeah a pad for everything uh -huh. of course of course yeah well you know what they say is that well the, what they say i have definitely heard the theory that if uh, 9 11 had happened maybe 20 years later that the buildings might not have burned because everything was it's it's just a bunch of offices that have been there for 20 30 years so it was just well like paper huge amounts of paper yeah yeah and the, just yeah. the burning of that paper was you know what melted the steel beam tribute to that yeah yeah interesting <laughs> interesting yeah that's, well i uh, noticed that anna had a uh 
a book that she just happened to bring with her to help her translate her Sanskrit. Yeah. But she also <laughs> right. used a calculator. And I'm trying to figure out <laughs> what do you punch into a calculator to translate Sanskrit? <laughs> well, you can easily make a rough translation of Sanskrit with your phone now. So <laughs> yeah. 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 But it was like they were trying to reach for a little technology there, but it, you know, in hindsight, it doesn't really work out uh, right. that well. Right. Right. <laughs> I guess it, I guess it makes more sense than a big giant camera. Well, but then again, I mean, yeah, with a 200 millimeter lens where he's just right up in her face. But what do you guys think? I've been noting that most times that we have a couple on on Alpha that are doomed, it's a married couple. And this couple is not married and they're not doomed. I have been noting that maybe the Anderson's marriage dissolving has been working its way into all the scripts. (laughs) Yeah. You've been noting that for a while. I like that observation. Yeah, you may be interesting. Right. The, yeah. I, I don't think they're romantically involved, but I'm not sure. Like there may be like underscores. Like, marriage sucks. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just, I mean, that, the directive. Just it. put that in all our scripts, yeah. guys. Marriage sucks. I mean, yeah, they look certainly seem like... hornier after the uh, sunshine druid allegory of the cave song, which you gave mm-hmm. a proper name to, and I just spat out my weird note. So, <laughs> um, picture of autumn. Um, no, but, um, yeah, the, it feels like the show is communicating that, Hey, look at, um, you know, John and Helena have such a sweet, nice relationship because they're not in a relationship. Stay single, stay (laughs) single. Do not get involved. I mean, I don't know, uh, Star Trek next generation kind of dabbled in that, even though I think everybody was just kind of doing whatever they did. We didn't have the dude couple trope quite as much. No. Well, that was like a realistic future it's like the realistic future is you you know you see troy on the weekends and then you go and just alien stuff actually my least favorite thing in these uh, tail end production episodes at least are um mm-hmm. the voiceovers i'm like both yeah. last week and this week i'm like you could have completely dropped the voiceovers and and probably gained more from it than lost you know <laughs> yeah and um you know like i point out last week's one with with Helena had like weird grammatical errors in it even and also was sometimes omniscient and sometimes not omniscient. I think there's sort of an issue with that year, right? Like Koenig sometimes yeah. knows exactly what's happening. Yeah. Um like I don't know. You could chalk it up to burnout. I mean it's kind of like the, the yeah. you know the the omniscient narration. It's always a bad decision, except mm-hmm. for the, the the couple times it isn't. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, the movie Fallen, which I brought up a few times. But yeah, this is one where it's like, yeah, I, I think just, you know, like do do it DVD mash style where you just take out the laugh track. I want to be able to take out the narration yeah. from the that last That is true. You, you actually don't need it here because, yeah, everything is pretty much spelled out for you. I, I do like, I, I really like the weird pacing of this one, though. And what's cool about 1999 anyway is its pacing, at least in the first season. I like taking time to get into these moments and just the fact that like we open with this pendo sparring and, and it, you know which it goes on for a little while uh I, that's fine it kind of just eases us into it it's just another day on alpha and this is what koenig does in his spare time and even in the time that it takes us to like get there they said what it's like a 30 hour round trip 
to get from Alpha to Arcadia. So there's a lot of downtime on the Eagle itself. I, I think all of that is really cool. Maybe they felt like that was taking too long. So we have to drop in the narration to keep the audience tuned into what's going on. But I, I, I liked it as far as like that choice, just to let things sit for a while before you get to the next plot point, you know? Yeah. I mean, this, um, this is definitely proof that they didn't need the, the, uh, they could have stretched the budget out. They didn't need the super extravagant last budget of the last few episodes where, I don't know. I mean, I loved mission of the Darians, but it was sort of like, look at all this stuff. Right. And the, the, the thrust of the plot was like, these people are evil. And then the, the, you know, the, the survivors go rise up against them and throw a guy into a DNA stash. Well, we had the thing last week where at least uh, Mark, you and I didn't seem to like Dragon's Domain quite as much as other people because it just drags, drags, drags. And then they put everything into two minutes of insanity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was just sort of a a, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. This one meters it out better, I guess. Like, yeah, no, no, I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't entirely make sense, but at least you could say that these people being total fanatics have some motivation. You know, if their motivation is I'm crazy and I have to get to this planet is it makes sense on some level. It's just sort of unsatisfying that they get away with so much before the moon just leaves. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Here's one that had me scratch my head for five minutes. Uh, when, when we get um, Luke and his lady, um, get, think of your respective workplaces. Give me the two people with the widest possible experience. <laughs> What does that mean? What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I would tell my students that's too vague a request. It's like when they ask, like, have you ever eaten food, you know? Or or the what I get on Saturday. What place do you like? I'm like, what? (laughs) Please specify. (laughs) Were they two people who are the most dissimilar? Like, they have to be widely um oh. knowledgeable but the, each one has to be a completely different completely different yes that's why they hook yeah. up so quickly opposites attract yeah yeah, yeah that's what i was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna get into that yeah. yeah the translation expert oh. and the photographer <laughs> computer's the ultimate matchmaker we never knew uh, there was only one quote that i took down which was paul cancel operation exodus yeah, <laughs> I, just, I love I love that Operation Exodus is just this thing they pull out every once in a while and then just gets canceled every single time. I yeah, it the- seems like a very complicated thing to do anyway. So like, once you get started, what's the point of no return there? You know, when you take I, uh, off. I, assume- yeah, I guess so. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I assume it's when Alpha goes dark or something. They've even yeah. taken off before, and in war games, they all they all left, and it's like this ain't gonna work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Just turn oh. around. I don't know if we'll get. Um, I I haven't watched season two at all. I've seen some stills from it. It looks like it's gonna have big Neelix energy. Um, I don't know if anybody <laughs> can confirm or deny that. <laughs> We will see it. Now I'm just looking at the quotes I wrote. I wrote prepare to freeze your ass off and attribute that to Paul Morrow, but I don't think he actually said that. Um, mm, mm. Someone says, don't worry, it'll get worse. 
<laughs> don't worry it'll only get worse that was also a very good quote and i, I don't know who said that but well, i was gonna uh, say the other one i wrote down was uh that where they're like we're trusting the words of the word of fanatics which kind of is, in, is interesting in 2024 as well i guess to think sure. about trusting the word of fanatics sure yeah, well yeah. Koenig himself was a fanatic in though it was a, a collision course right right exactly <laughs> exactly and because Koenig's always right he his plan to just fly into a planet worked just fine but you know <laughs> so did this so did these people's you know maybe well like uh, i said yeah, do what I we say are led to, to believe we're led to believe yeah if you believe something enough then you should do it because it's the 70s and uh i suppose if it feels good do it yeah <laughs> we're nowhere near the time of oh maybe i shouldn't do whatever i think this whatever the the planet tells me Oh. Like, I was remembered which which Voyager episode was it where the planet tried to trap Harry Kim because it had convinced me was uh, an alien. Uh, you don't have to tell oh. me that yeah. one <laughs> that reminded that made me son. feel like it was a sub- fortunate, yeah, fortunate son. son. You're right. Yeah. That re- <laughs> that made me think of a subversion of this. Like, that's what I thought was going to happen was they were going to get sucked in because it was a trick, which um, we just weren't there yet. But. It is interesting, though. It's a little bit of a surprise because this show, this show doesn't shy away very often from a you know dark fatalistic ending. Like we don't always get that, but but they they don't you know when it feels right, they'll just go for Mm -hmm. it. And I was like that about this series. This you know it's interesting that you uh, kind of painted it like that about you know if it feels good they just go do it because there is something oddly 60s 70s about this idea that they can just like yeah man we're just gonna leave the big city behind we're gonna go you know start an organic farm in this place where everything's been dead for twenty five thousand years and uh, you just gotta let us live our lives man and that's (laughs) uh we'll be fine we'll be better in fact than uh, than you losers, you know, working for the man back on Alpha. Um, meanwhile, I did wonder, um, since everything had been dead for 25,000 years, like there are no insects, there's no bacteria, there's uh, there are no other living things to help maintain a cycle of life. So yeah, they could plant stuff, but is there anything around to actually help that to grow? There's no organics left in the soil, I would think. So they, they might have a real problem there. Let me take a so maybe, from the maybe this is a fatalistic ending. Wait, oh yeah, they're going to pull a Martian. Yeah. <laughs> Just I mean, uh, but, save yeah. your poop and use that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that'd be fun. They can do, <laughs> do a whole season of that. No, I mean, um, well, Paul determined that they were better off at in on alpha at 50% power than on that planet. So mm. however, it's sort of like they, they just retcon it to be, it's okay because at the end, because Koenig does a narrate narration says it's okay. But yeah, it does, it does seem like they are doomed. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. I was kind of waiting okay, for one you're, final you're revelation. And, what's you know? that? I was kind of waiting for one final revelation, like to come to yeah. Koenig or someone that would, you know, and make him think twice about well maybe this wasn't a bad thing <laughs> and then be philosophical about it but that yeah. moment didn't come mm. so maybe we should have stayed on that planet where the people were going to eat us you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's a spaceship to, 
cut to two years later, that same table with the uh, Arcadian skeletons, and there's just two more. Although <laughs> I wanted to know why at that table, very dramatic to see with, you know, the, the kind of sitting around the table like that. Why is there a skull like in the place where a plate would be for one of those Arcadians? <laughs> I think it's dark at the end that. of the line. They just went yeah. full cannibal at the end and just ate each other. I guess so. I guess. <laughs> well, you can see in that image there behind you, there's there, there's, there's leg bones lying across the table. Yeah, he's, he's just lying see? across the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's that skull just right there. Like, like well, we just yeah. sat down to eat this guy's head and then we died in the process. Well, they had to have one skull propped up so that Luke could stare at it in, in horror for a moment. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I guess it was a... I'm sorry, it was a weird thing where the skeletons looked more realistic the first time, but to me, for some reason, the second time, the second scene, the skeletons, they look very plastic. Yeah. I think they forgot yeah. to do the lighting the right way the second time. When they do that close up in particular, it looks really plasticky. Yeah. Yeah. Should have used real skeletons like Poltergeist. <laughs> and that wasn't really that out of the question for that. I guess not, not on a TV budget, but you know. Yeah, I mean they're in hospitals all the time, right? So <laughs> doctors' offices. Mm -hmm. Recycle the ones from Dragon's Domain. Just you know, get the cobwebs off of those and oh, man. on them. Might yeah, be what yeah. they did. <laughs> um, yeah. So now that we're on Doom, Gloom, and Cannibalism, I'll lighten things up a, a bit with the style <laughs> corner. Um, uh, well, when they're when Alpha's getting cold and they all put on those jackets, one I was like, uh, man, that is two ticks from a members-only jacket. And man, why I does one no one so have? Bad. Why does no one have? you know slacks to go along with it like yeah, it's the first time we've seen those point. silver jackets i think it was the only time yeah. this season we still well, yeah i assume they were like the again. thermal they could have brought them on a uh, death Star dominion i guess but <laughs> those are so cool yeah yeah but yeah they didn't match them with any 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 bottoms which i thought was a, a little weird <laughs> i i may know that everybody was doing really good at uh cold acting except for the two guest stars they didn't seem to maybe they were too <laughs> fanatical they were too fanatical, yes. Yeah, yeah. do it. But, you know, there are some great classic, like, like when the moon stops, everybody, you know, jumps, lunges in a direction. Oh, that was great. I love stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Not stuff. often you get to do that on, uh, on a moon level. You no. know, starships, it happens all the time. But when we're at the scale of a moon, that was very impressive. What do you guys think would make a moon stop like how do you even explain that i don't i don't know since you're never really not moving in space i that is that kind of i probably thought about it too much like it it's less of a stretch from that planet disappearing i suppose yeah <laughs> i mean not that you like that episode either but <laughs> maybe it's a bad um, example yeah i mean also they're i guess going at several times the speed of light or something i guess they warped at some time at some point yeah, they've gone through like no, wormholes, but I mean, the, the moon itself, I mean, on, yeah, there's just, if you're thinking it, about trajectory and there's just, it's nonsense. No, the speed, no, the whole light speed thing is it's never, it's just glossed yeah. over. They just At never the speed knew. of plot. Yeah. yeah but what I, mean, I loved about I, the beginning of the episode and, and the end is that when they come to a stop, how many thousands and thousands of miles an hour must it be traveling with respect to Arcadia before it grinds to a halt and they all just kind of lean forward. Yeah. And then when yeah. it stops, they throw themselves back. And it's yeah. like no one smashed to bits. It's not like they're yeah. spun against the wall. It's just like very gradual deceleration. Very the whole gradual. place should have turned into that um cube of material from a few weeks ago where they're like, oh crap, yeah. that's the eagle. It's now a ball. <laughs> Space I brain. did 
I mean, I did really think that it was a cool effects shot at the end where you see the moon like moving across the Arcadia sky for what it's worth. And then that was a know. good shot earlier. I think the first time we see the moon passing by, you can very much tell that it's a still because the, the angle never changes. It's just like a flat yeah. image <laughs> moving forward. Yeah. But they, they, they got better with the effects a little later in the episode. Um, yeah. uh, what about that shot of, of, of the eagle approaching? It comes out of the sun from behind the sun. Oh, that is a great shot. Yeah, yeah it make, it I makes, love that. I don't know what? if it makes sense. It looks like it's actually coming out from behind the sun. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's just from the camera POV. It's just like, okay, it's blown out by the sun. It's blown out, yeah. But then you've yeah. got enough of the eagle obscuring it. I, yeah, I thought that was a cool job. I had to go back and rewatch that one a couple of times. The thing cool. about the moon, though, is that whenever they show it in the sky of another planet, it's always got the near side of the moon facing this. So we will recognize always. it as the moon. Yes. And the far side is always facing away, just like it was when it was yeah. orbiting Earth. It has to be. <laughs> yeah. So they have the, the secret iron sky nazi bases right mm -hmm. exactly <laughs> yeah wasn't that wasn't that a plot point that buck rogers pilot that we talked about many moons ago was that part of the moon was just a like kind of a scum wretched hive of scum and villainy <laughs> um i don't quite remember to be honest but it sounds like it could track sure makes sense <laughs> yeah. yeah that'd be cool i mean it just um that's what would happen if the show ran for three seasons or four seasons. Eventually it's like, Oh, there's been a bunch of stuff on the other side of the moon the whole time. They're tired. Of I want to see the shadow <laughs> moon base from UFO. I think it's somewhere yes. on the moon. I think there they even we go. Kind of made it canonical in these newer technical manuals that have come out that, yeah, the shadow moon base is like not far away, but they don't, there we go. They need a good recurring nemesis. Like, you know, what was it on sliders where they had the evil sliders after a couple mm -hmm. of years? And that was sort mm -hmm. of the and the Chromags. Chromags. Yep. That's that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I mean, it could be like the um South Pole thing where you have the the nice new base that's up on stilts and then the old weird dome one that's slowly <laughs> getting buried in snow. They tore that one down, I think, in the end. Oh, okay. I'd like gone. to think it was just gonna oh well there maybe that's what they do with the shadow base. I don't know. I think that's what the movie The Thing was well, about. Was, yeah, if it was a government base, they would like leave no trace of it behind. That was my one <laughs> disappointment when I because I, I got to watching the thing like really late, like probably like three or four years ago. I did the podcast for it. And yeah, in my mind, the whole thing with the whole thing, oh God, it's happening again. Uh was in that mm -hmm. dome. But I was like, oh, it's actually it's not, it's just like somewhere in Antarctica. It's not like one of the primary it's not Edmondson or, or South Pole. Yeah, was the impression I got, and it didn't detract from the movie. I just thought it would be cool to see like crazy South Pole dome stuff, which I, I like domes. Yeah, I wish that was yeah, I mean, like more like McMurdo than anything. Yeah. McMurdo, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, not not Edmondson. <laughs> Maybe that's what the South Pole one's called. Anyway, yeah, the South Pole is. Um, but I guess we put a few words. Uh, if you got some more observations, go ahead, do it. But I, because I, I have another question after the regular one today. Um, but the first one, let's break this down into sci-fi dread. No, sci-fi fun and existential mm -hmm. dread. Excuse me, I got it wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> I um, mean, other observations. I, I just got to say, you know, uh, we mentioned that the moon travels at the speed of plot. The other thing that works uh, totally to the demands of the plot is radio range. Because I lost track of how many times to say, like, 
well, that eagle is going to be out of radio range, but then somehow it gets further away and they're like, call that eagle and find out what's going on. And they do. And it seems perfectly fine. That happens throughout the series, but it particularly happened in this episode on more than one occasion. Um, and I, I, I just got to say again, like, I, I think pacing style, like it, everything that I've watched for Space 1999 for this show and just on my own in the last couple of years, like it always drives home that if you don't buy the premise <laughs> to begin with, you are going to have a very bad time with this show. But if you can accept at least enough of the premise to go along for the stylistic journey that it is, that it's very satisfying. You know, and that's that, that's how I felt about this one. It was just weird enough. And uh, I think that dovetails nicely into your existential question. <laughs> um, well, I will add, add to that, that um, it would have been interesting to have continued the show in the direction it was going at this time. Yes. Instead of taking a yeah. hard right when Fred Freiberger came along to replace Sylvia Anderson. Um, it just... Um, yeah. And and Johnny Byrne had l less to do with the next season, as Matt noted, Um um, so we don't get so much of the uh, existential weirdness, the the sort of mysterious unknown force, <laughs> which comes along mm -hmm. and does inexplicable things to the moon. Uh, they try to build on that. The guys who wrote the uh, the novels in the two thousands, that Powis Media, which uh, I've mentioned from time to time. Sadly, they no longer publish Space nineteen ninety nine books. Their their license got uh, expired or something, so they can't do it. And so they try to build on this mythology that the first season gave us and then interweave second season try to build their own little universe into it but uh i can't remember what place this episode holds in that um in that uh reimagining the canon and stuff i don't know i but i think if we had three or four seasons um the show had a good chance of being being kind of um i don't know jj abrams you know, <laughs> it, mm -hmm. it kind of was like the whole puzzle box thing before it was cool, you know, because each episode was just this mysterious thing that happened and you go on to the next one. And I don't know if J.J. Abrams was ever influenced by this show or not. I know Ron Moore was. I mean, <laughs> the Battlestar Galactica intros had montages at the beginning, just like this season of yeah. Space 1999 did. That's yeah, exactly yeah. where he got it from. Um, but if it would have been satisfying depending on the writers, they might've come up with a way of connecting all the dots in the way that these, uh, uh, novel writers did later on. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of this optimistic note to <laughs> depart season mm -hmm. one with. And then we all sat around wondering if it was going to be a season two. And we heard there was, we all got our fresh issue of Starlog magazine. Yeah, really there we go. <laughs> see the pictures of <laughs> Catherine shells. Oh, she's cute. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's this with the eyebrows? <laughs> well, I think those came from the uh, aliens in War Games, right? They used the same little yeah, Rice Krispies right. on their eyebrows. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess for this particular episode, I was I was uh, thinking a 50-50 split with the dread and the fun. This seems like a pretty balanced one. I think in 75 or 76, whenever it aired, um, Maybe the dread would have seemed higher then, but again, thinking of that reboot Battlestar episode, I'm like, man, that one has so much existential dread. This one is just a little more fun now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that was that was a kick in the gut when that one first aired. I mean, this that's same for me. I say 50-50 because it's basically 
there is some tension like it feels like there's stakes but then the stakes kind of go away so it's hard to <laughs> i mean i don't know I, and I didn't really believe that they would be without their supplies. It was just a question of whether Koenig was going to blow them up or, or outsmart them or something else. Well, they didn't get them back, skeletons. did they? <laughs> no, but apparently they didn't need them, which I uh, don't feel like was very adequately explained, but, you know. They might have replicator power or something, which they didn't <laughs> cool. have. When, you yeah, can make more 50%. seeds if you have more electricity. That's all, you know, that's just science. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have over 50% yeah. power, and then it's fine. There's some dread. The numbers going up is bad. I feel like usually in yeah. sci-fi, it's like, oh, we're at 80% power. Uh-oh, now we're at 70% power. So when it first went to 50, I was like, oh, oh, well, now they're doing better. Oh, no, they're not. Right. <laughs> the, bigger, the bigger number is bad. <laughs> right. Kind of. A yeah, that was in the IMDb MD. trivia. It was like, actually, the power, the power can't be drained because the drain would happen gradually. Anyway. Yeah, it uh, seemed like going down would make more sense. But whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that's not one I'm really going to like take over the coals or anything. It's just noting. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm fine with the magical power measurements. That's that's totally fine by me. I don't I'm not going to. I, I do wish I got sort of an explanation for why they didn't need three years of supplies once they had power, but that's fine. Okay, yeah. Good luck to our scumbag Adam and Eve. Maybe. Well, they said they were closing down a lot of the labs and stuff. So I guess, you know, like hydroponics, if you mm. can power hydroponics, you can grow things. If you can't power hydroponics, you're not getting any. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can grow sure. a bunch of plants that'll make ghosts attack some guy. Yeah, but also probably a few you can eat along with us. So that too. <laughs> you know, as long as you don't try to communicate with the plants, they won't kill anybody. Right. Um, uh, I like John... when Luke and Anna go there. They just they they drop the seeds all over the ground, and it's like, no, <laughs> you're wasting this valuable, irreplaceable resource. They and they just to learn farming first. So that's why they're they doomed. They didn't actually bother alerting. They're doomed because they're clumsy about... <laughs> and they drop their supplies everywhere. Okay. <laughs> There's just a voiceover that says, well, since Luke was a photographer and Anna was a translator, they had no idea how to plant seeds and thought they could just. (laughs) The the computer picked, you know, widest experience uh, barring agriculture. That was the only experiential thing that uh, (laughs) that was not included for both of them. Yeah, I mean, look, it's hard to disagree with both of you. I I think that. there's a lot of sci-fi happening in this very clearly uh, a lot of high concept stuff going on in this um and the only level of ex- existential dread like the alphans avoid the existential dread they get their power back the heat's back on they can put those cool silver jackets back in the closet and look there are two fewer mouths to feed so uh they're gonna be all right I think the existential dread is when we check in on our two, what, what did you call them? Scumbag Adam and Eve. Yeah. If you check on them and you know, six months to a year, uh, that's the only existential dread, but here's the fun part. Nobody's ever going to check on them and they're going to forget about them on alpha in a matter of hours. Along <laughs> so, with Dr. Bergman and, and Paul Morrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, this is sci-fi, but I mean, come on, dude. You're going to be plagued by incest for at least thousands Mm -hmm. of years. Yep. Yep. Like that just isn't going to work out. Yeah. You know, but it's a bad situation for them, no matter how you slice it. But Mm -hmm. um, but we're never going to know. Yeah. So I think they aired the last enemy last. Because it's a last, yes. and that, that did happen. Yes, that's a bad last episode. It um, should have been a, last sunset. 
That I think the last sunset. Because yeah. it's there a sunset. Go. It's the end. It's the last sunset. It's the yeah. very end. That, they should have saved that one for last. Exactly. Still, also, I think last sunset <laughs> is a lot like this episode, but kind of better because you see just like all of the Alphans kind of fall into this thing in, in the last sunset. I don't know. And I, I, I'm fond of that episode partly because they just didn't have any guests and they just let the cast just flesh themselves out. Best Paul, Paul Morrow episode, probably but, by far. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. But you know, it's um, but this does sort of give us a quote unquote trajectory. I guess I could think to myself, well, it's kind of scary that it seems like Arcadia might have been their destination, and now they're going past it. But I don't it know. is a plot point in the end. Uh, yeah, like mm-hmm. maybe because I'm used to seeing more Puzzle Box TV, now I thought it was going to be more profound a hit. Where now mm. it's like, well, we're on our way. And that was interesting, I guess. <laughs> Which <laughs> hey, is we... like a standard episode yeah. of TV now. Yeah. Well, it didn't has Aura been... say um, in Collision Course that their mm. destiny is to spread themselves among the stars? And so like Arcadia is just like the beginning. Maybe they were going to like drop two people off on every planet they pass. Yeah. There we go. That's a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, we've had a lot of your crew. I would have been yeah. fine with them. Some of the guest stars could have just gone off. Like I said, um, the one guy, what winters could have gone off with uh, Gwent in the uh, infernal machine. You know, they want to, you want, to, you want to have gone off with Gwent, don't you Mark? Yeah, you kind of. Gwent. Okay. I do. I mean, I do just, but he just kill me in the end or, or just yell at me all the time. But you know, um, it, they could have dropped some people off instead of just killing them off. But you know, this shows usually kills people off and i think maybe it's just kind of refreshing that these people didn't have to just die even though they're probably the worst people that they've uh, had as guest elfins because everybody else that they've had as guest elfins who were kind of evil were possessed by something right so they're just okay well maybe they are possessed they're, by something they're maybe possessed. They were yeah because at yeah. some point lose jackie crawford and his mother they actually survived the experience Oh, yeah, that's true. They did survive, even though, well, that was a weird thing where he was in man for a while, but uh, he probably won't remember that. <laughs> it was full grown um, Julian Glover for a while. Yes. Shrank again. It was weird. Indeed. Well, hopefully he doesn't remember any of that. But um, yeah, there there was at some point there was a conversation. I think it was between Helena and John where somebody says, like, they know what they're doing. And somebody else says, do they know what they're doing? Because uh, they're obviously possessed by weird skeleton magic. Druids, right? yeah. Which does not affect anyone else. Because I guess nobody else hung out in the cave long enough. But yeah, but... I'm having a look at the the entire season one run here, and I am pretty much thinking, yeah, Last Sunset probably should have been the last one. And it's, man, it was in the first half of the production. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Do you see where it aired? How when aware like aware in the order? Oh, sorry, uh, airing like, order. I'm not. I'm, these are in production order. So I am. After we've gone through this whole season, I'm kind of of a mind that they did a good, they did a good thing spreading them out a little bit because doing it in production order, we have seen just sort of the money go up and down, which is yeah, it goes up maybe a little a lot, yeah, a little immersion breaking, I guess. I guess that was the other thing here. Like the last few episodes have had so much bling behind it, and this one has slightly less. So, 
Last Sunset has enough bling, at least, right? And, and uh, imagery and things. Where this this does have cool stuff. It has cool jackets. It's got skeletons. I'm not yeah. saying it doesn't have that, but <laughs> compared to the mission of the Darians or the Infernal Machine Space Brain, yeah. I mean, there's less yeah. to look at here. It's yeah. right in the middle of the uh, airing order, pretty much. Uh, Last Sunset is. I'm sorry, seventeenth. Yeah. Oh, okay, but, but much know. later in, in production, though. Yeah. <clears throat> I think anyway. I've bopped through all of my notes. Uh, any uh, any other final um, thoughts you want to? I don't think. Did Brian get to give a percentage? Oh yeah, Brian. Oh. Did you want to? Did you want to go with the new percentage? Or just. Um, I am kind of leaning towards that fifty-fifty num number because I can't really decide. The, the dread was okay. for the Alphans, um, survival, of course, but uh, you know again uh, but um <laughs> um well you were going on about uh you know anna and luke being the only ones affected by this i think i think everyone who was on that planet may have just been a little freaked out by the whole revelation about the you know the the genesis of humanity being there and so i think maybe that factored into their into their thoughts when when luke and anna kind of went uh, off the range <laughs> yeah it might explain why they were giving them a tiny benefit of the doubt i mean they certainly did not want them doing what they were doing but i think deep down they probably thought something happened on that planet and we know from what we've learned that these were our ancestors and so were they just acting crazy spontaneously or was some something guiding them again the whole mysterious unknown force something's guiding the alphans destiny and so um i don't i don't trigger some of that junk that dna exactly. it's kind of scary yeah. i don't know i mean <laughs> that the idea course, is scary the, well the whole idea that you know humans arrived here like twenty five thousand years ago is you know scientifically ridiculous along with all the yeah. trees all 40 types of trees they found <laughs> yeah. yeah we have no proof that there were ever trees on earth before twenty five thousand years ago i mean the science yeah. is absolutely horrible which is why you don't see these sort of von danigan sort of balsar galactica plot lines yeah. very much anymore in fact in the reboot of galactica again not to spoil anything but i thought they're going to flip the table on that and have uh instead of them coming to earth in the past it, it, they were going to reveal that earth was the origin of human life and that they settled cobol like yeah hundreds of thousands of years ago and then cobol settled the and that would be hmm. the way it worked in reverse when they finally came back and found oh earth is the real home of humanity dun, dun, dun. and that would have made yeah. perfect sense but ron moore didn't go that way yeah, <laughs> I, I had hoped for the same thing. Um, hmm. But yeah, hmm. because every time they do this in a sci-fi show, like it, people are only sort of stunned by it for like a minute. Like, mm -hmm. oh, by the way, we're upending everything we know about the origins of humanity. Wow, that's an incredible discovery. Okay, on to the next thing. I guess we're leaving <laughs> here. And that's, you know, I mean, Star Trek, even in... Uh, what was the one where they're uh, uh, the chase, right? Mm -hmm. It's like we upend everything about humanity because uh, all humanoid life came from this one place. And then it's never mentioned again. <laughs> We're just yeah. like, yeah, on the next although this adventure. episode kind of explains uh -huh. the fact that all the humanoid aliens they've met throughout the galaxy the universe so far are humanoid. True. 
because maybe they're all arcadians in the end right so yeah 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 yeah. retcons that a bit yeah at least sort of contributes to that but uh oh i can't wait for a star trek and uh testament of the arcadians crossover that's Uh, yeah that's what i need yeah (laughs) Uh they just uh the enterprise goes to the planet and there's just like two like feral insane people trying to grow plants <laughs> throwing seeds um, all over the place but, that, but that's something but that was something i always bring up about the movie prometheus like that it's just it reaches yeah prometheus <laughs> but i've brought up prometheus in this podcast a lot because there's a lot of prometheus like stuff in space 1999 where it's just it reaches for we're going to show you the light the, the origin of all life and it sort of then just turns into kind of a schlocky movie with giant murder people in it and yeah nothing's yeah. really ex- it it is trying to explain something but it doesn't really explain anything no. because that's just so much of a reach like you just that's something I, I don't think that you should really reach for that unless you're going to make that your entire movie or film or, or lots or, of big ideas kind of dropped on the ground as they they, they, <laughs> they go along this is yeah right. just like see let's go find something else yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah Seeds that will never be planted and never grow. Yeah. Or black goop from, you know, the engineers who, <laughs> yeah, it, and then yeah. they dissolve uh-huh. and it's all life starts from that or it's yep. kind of the same things. And yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was a cool scene, but it was just sort of like really, you know, you, you know, alien in my mind is like a perfect film, like a rare, perfect film. And mm-hmm. this guy is now just going to be like, you know what? Uh, origin of all life. Let's go. Like, <laughs> Really, like, one of the no. biggest bugaboos for me with Prometheus is just that I think it's in a contender for the best looking science fiction movie ever. So yeah. it's I like it's in three like, D was I'll, like amazing in three D. They shot yeah. in three D. So yeah. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give them ten screw ups, I guess, which uh, they they at least come close to that. So yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah I I don't I didn't like dislike that movie really, but it's sort of like most of the criticism is fair that i see mm. of it like that that charlie's theron didn't just walk out of the way of the the big s- circle or whatever it was well it's like mm. the deer in the headlights sometimes you just don't know what to do right like when the bicycle was coming for me a few days ago i didn't know if i go left or right and i just decided to see what they did i didn't get hit so i guess it worked out <laughs> okay well you did better than she did <laughs> anyway well we will wrap this one up i guess then uh, and then unless okay. i'm uh interrupting someone's thought <laughs> okay well hey uh um, john we're pretty real time uh th- this is next week's episode if, if you want to tell folks what's going on with mission law oh, these days right on let's see here we're nearing the end of season four of voyager uh let's see we're about to record unforgettable so maybe is it vis-a-vis that comes out next week or maybe that comes vis-a-vis. out this week can't remember um but yeah uh, one of those episodes coming out soon so <laughs> hop on over to podcast.roddenberry.com for mission log and uh trek files oh and we've got a couple of uh bonus episodes of prodigy and the orville coming out this week uh based on our content that we did for virtual trek con so thanks to the folks at uh, vtc we'll have uh bonnie gordon interview dropping and a doug drexler interview dropping Well, Brian, you got anything? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I got a promotion here, so that's cool. Yes. Yeah, what there did, we what go. did I call it? Your new promotion. 
double secret semi co-host or something like that. <laughs> you know, I had to put the double secret in there. Yo, yeah, you're here, official co-host just in time for season two. Except when I have coming. a dentist appointment or something, then I won't. Except be when he has a dentist appointment. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll have. I've missed one episode of this, so you know, all's fair. Um, but anyways, um, uh, aside from that, you can find other podcasts at our podcastio podcastio network at patreon.com slash podcastio podcastios uh you can throw some money for server bills check out uh films and filth citizen kane of podcasts both of you guys have been on those as well uh brian you got something he's pointing at podcast i'm pointing at the podcastio oh, podcast right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> i had to mind. take down the mission log live sign and put up the podcast <laughs> awesome um we got luke's pokemon game game show Hyrule Field Report, Occult Disney, and uh, you know, season two of uh, Space 1999 coming, coming up. Uh, Time Enough podcast, also Twilight Zone. Um, yeah. uh, just all, just right for listeners. Uh, fret not, we're taking a, a short break before season two because we can, and that way we don't drive ourselves insane. Um, yeah, <laughs> we will be back in April with season two, and somewhere in there we will have a powwow about all of season one and uh get into that before too long <laughs> yeah get ready for the metamorph hmm wonder who that Yay. is it's right. definitely got brian blessed and that's all you need to know oh nice <laughs> that's it well, all right for now stay arcadian